StoryCorps Detroit is supported by the Detroit Historical Society. From Detroit's public radio station, WDET, this is StoryCorps Detroit. We take interviews of Detroiters by Detroiters and share them with you. I'm Laura Herberg, and I'm filling in for our host, Sasha Ryan, who's on vacation. Today, we'll be playing some excerpts from a conversation between 55-year-old Tate Austin and 94-year-old Bernice Leatherwood. Tate is Russian-born, and she's lived in cities like St. Petersburg and New York before transitioning to Detroit in 2009. Bernice is a lifelong Detroiter. Here, the pair tell the story of how their love of architecture led to what they call an unlikely friendship. Bernice, why did you come to my house here in Detroit? That house, it is funny how you can adopt, you can mentally adopt things. You know, some people like animals and cats and dogs and whatnot. I'm a person that really like housing. I like designs and buildings. And your house was, the house sat empty for years, and I would always pass this house that was so amazing when you drove up. You were driving at that time still. Yeah, I was driving. Three years ago or four four years ago, you you, you drove up. You you were wearing those nice little heels. I don't shoes. know what because shoes I was wearing. I clearly heard it on the stairway when you went upstairs to the third oh, maid's quarters. Okay. You were like, chuck, 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 <laughs> very fast. I could barely catch up. It was amazing. Your energy, how you rolled in. You asked me a, a hundred questions about it. You were so happy to look around. The, the average person wouldn't have had that much nerve. What did I cause? I mean, what would have caused me to do that? Unless it was, I think it was the spirit. I just was, it was something that caused me to stop and meet you, Tate. This house has a soul. It it really carries some special presence inside of it. It does. It does. That's I why you know loved that. it. I, yes. But I, it must have you been. You loved it like a baby, like your baby <laughs> that you don't have. <laughs> Do you remember that when I went away, I kind of gave you a hug, and then uh, you drove away. But then you left a note with my neighbors when I was away. You left a note that um, you needed me to call you. Yeah, I missed you. I'm like, yes, but you also not only missed me, you gave me that dramatic gift of the dining room set. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, redwood, uh, handwork, well, table, the, which unfolds. You know how many people I can see now? Twelve. Ten, uh, twelve. And uh-huh. Didn't you say you bought it when you didn't have a house yet? I bought it before I had a house. <laughs> We had a, st- a house <laughs> for the dining rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we had a store in Detroit called Crowler Miller's. There was Hudson's and Crowler Miller's. And you know how girls will do and kids will do. You, you go around and look at things and shop. You're not buying anything, but you're looking. It's a window shopping. Window shopping, that's yeah, right. I have that disease, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> window shopping. So I uh, was up in the furniture department at Crowley's. And this dining room suite was sitting there, and I saw the big sign, Redwood. Well, I thought about those redwood trees in California. Yes. <laughs> and I looked at that dining room suite, and I looked at that dining room suite. I said, I'm going to buy this. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to buy it. Because I hadn't got a house. In fact, I hadn't gotten married. Uh-huh. And I was. I think we were dating. I think we were dating. But anyway... I put it in a layaway, and I started paying on it. My husband didn't know I had been paying on it until <laughs> we were married. <laughs> but after I got married, it was paid off. Well, that dining room set, 
I'm so glad that you have it. And I think that going back to the spirit, I think that I wouldn't have given it to anyone else but you. So that's the backstory on how Bernice and Tate came to know each other. What keeps them together, in part, is their love of talking about Detroit. Here, they share their dreams for the city they both call home. My dream is to see Detroit with all, like, doors and windows open into the world so people could come here freely and frequently. And uh, I want to see a lot of different, like, communities here. Not communities, but all mixed. You want to see a world, you want to see a city where it's a pattern for the whole world to see how people can live together Absolutely. and live in harmony of I each want other. To, I want to see people colorblind. When I drive or walk around Detroit these days, I always keep it in mind what else can be done or created or built in Detroit because I have a lot of guests coming here to Detroit now and they visit from all over the world. Every time I walk on food or I drive around Detroit, I'm trying to see what else to point out. Because it's not only about Heidelberg Project, and it's not about the Hitsville Museum. It's not. It uh, it, it has to be um, more about creating living space for everyone. Like you said, you wanted to see uh, Detroit not building any more houses. No, <laughs> no. Now, that's what I would like to see Detroit be. It's sort of like a place where people come for vacations and enjoy. That's why I said I didn't think too much about housing. I think we need to have it more of a place where people come to Detroit to be really rested. They see things and they can enjoy things. They can enjoy the environment. It's it's not like going to the mountains or going to the ocean, but it's going to a city where you can see things you don't see everywhere. I think that we could be almost a second Disneyland world, you know? I also, on my part, would like to see uh, 300 galleries here. That would be good. I really would like to see a lot of sculptures in the streets of Detroit, and uh, a lot of them with um, light incorporated, so the streets are lit up with the sculptures permanently placed. So I have this fantasy, being a little naive, but... um, You know what? what It just dawned on me while I was talking. Somebody built little automobiles... They were all different kinds, Fords, Chrysler, different models, just the small ones. And they had them on different corners downtown. When was it? I'm trying to think what year it was. They did that, and I don't know why the city didn't, whoever did that, they took them, uh-huh. picked them up. Well, they it was take, probably temporary art installation, so it, it, well, it they probably it, The city could have, should have paid for them, you know, and made it a permanent thing because they were really added to the house, I mean to the city. <laughs> but, the city is like one big house for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Too what I would time. like to see Detroit. Detroit like a like a home, you know, home away from home. And when you, whatever you want to see in Detroit, it will be here for them to see. I, I don't think building a whole lot of houses and bringing a whole lot of people to Detroit to live will save Detroit. That was Bernice Leatherwood speaking with her friend Tate Austin. The interview was recorded by StoryCorps at the Detroit Institute of Arts. To see their portrait, go to WDET.org slash StoryCorps. StoryCorps is all one word with core spelled C-O-R-P-S. 
And that's going to do it for us this week. This podcast is a production of WDET, Detroit's public radio station. Our music is by Will Sessions. If this is your first time tuning into StoryCorps Detroit, note that we have seven other episodes ready for you to listen to. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts, or you can stream them at WDET.org. I'm Laura Herberg. Thanks for listening. StoryCorps Detroit is supported by the Detroit Historical Society. Hey, this is Laura Herberg again. I just wanted to say that this podcast is made possible in part with financial support from listeners like you. If you like what you hear, consider joining Team DET today and give yourself a pat on the back for helping to fund content like this podcast. It's easy to sign up to give a monthly donation of $5 or whatever you choose by clicking the Give Now tab at WDET.org. You can also just click support on the WDET mobile app. Every little bit really does help.